Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 131, The New Paradigm and Religion. Are we all pointing toward the same thing? You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. My guest in today's episode is Debbie Milliam. And um, Debbie is hard to describe in words. (laughs) She is one of the most positive, uh, full of gratitude, just joyful people I have probably ever met. I love her. She's so positive. She's so kind. Um, and she's been really, really touched by this understanding. And I I want to make it clear, Debbie is not positive and kind and full of gratitude um, because her life is easy. In fact, I, there were kind of two reasons for this conversation. The initial, my initial thought uh, is that I would love to talk with Debbie about how she's seen things in the year that she has had. So since um, February or March of 2020, uh, she has been dealing with several, more than one life-threatening illnesses back-to-back, sometimes at the same time, all at the same time. She has autoimmune issues. She had some really serious uh, reactions to an operation she had to have. Um, she's had some allergy issues. She had COVID. She had all of this kind of overlapping and kind of together. And it's been a very, a very tough road, I know, for her physically. And yet, um, when I talk with her or, or you know, see what she's out saying, she's still <laughs> super positive, super grateful. And, and in fact, the conversations I've had with her before this podcast episode, it's been really clear that that these challenging events have, have uh, helped her see even more, have, have only moved her further in the direction of more gratitude and more joy. And, um, and I knew there was a lot in there that we could explore. So I wanted to talk with Debbie about that, but it's interesting because shortly before we were set to talk, um, the other thing about Debbie, let me back up for a second. The other thing about Debbie is that she, she is very familiar with this paradigm. She shares it and, and works from it to some extent or used to, um, when she was doing more coaching, but she's also very religious and her preferred way to talk about, now this is my this is my take on it. I see it as all basically the same thing and that Debbie's preferred language is more of the religious language. So she talks about God and Christ and all kinds of things, uses all sorts of words and phrases and quotes the Bible and does all of the stuff that when I hear her speak that way, it's not at all how I speak. Yet I feel like I, I feel like I know exactly what she's talking about. I feel like we're saying the same thing just in different language. And at the same time, there are a couple things that are different that that not, in my mind, they aren't meaningful differences. They never have been. They're more surface level differences. But I wanted to hear what Debbie thought of that. You know, I wanted to hear how she saw it. So 
shortly before, when I say shortly, I mean hours before, maybe an hour before we were uh, scheduled to have this conversation, I thought, oh, I wonder if she'll have the religion talk with me instead. And and thankfully, although she wasn't feeling well and she, you know, it's very hard for her to to do things like this. She she cares so much about helping people and she loves to talk about this stuff so much that this ended up being a pretty long conversation and we we did both. So we talk in the first half about uh, her views on whether the God language, the religion language, uh, the language of her faith feels to her just like this understanding and new paradigm or whether there are differences and um, and then we talk about some of what she's been through. So I think you'll hear as you listen, again, I'll just point this out just in case it's helpful going into it. Um, Debbie seems to, there's a bit more of a dualistic stance on this that feels more comforting for her. So I'll let her say it in her words as you listen, but in a nutshell, I think this is accurate to say that um, she she talks about like, her sense of God being something that's not her. And she says she likes that because it's it's humbling. It gives her some humility to think, oh no, I'm not God, but I have access to God. I have this God, what you again can call mind, wisdom, whatever you want to call it. She calls it God and Christ, but that she has access to that. That's a part of her. Like I'll again, I'll let her say it, but there is a bit of a separation. It feels like something that's not her. And there's good reason for that because I asked her about it and she said, yes, it's humbling to think I'm not that. For me, I see it a little less dualistically. So I, I would say that we are God and and we're human and we, uh, we that energy, that life that I would call God expresses itself in all kinds of ways through us. So it just looks slightly separate. And you'll hear us talk about that in the, in the episode. And I just, I just pull it out because I think that is, when I reflect on this, probably the key difference. And even then, it's funny because we both sort of agree like, yeah, I don't know how, who cares? <laughs> like, it's really not that important. It, to me, it feels better to see it as all one thing with different facets. To her, it feels better to see it as a little separate. Um, and that's awesome. And that's all that really matters in the end of the day, I think, is that we we find what feels right for us. We, there's no, there's no like, we're not going to find the right answer. There is no the right answer here. So it's beautiful that all of us can just find a way that feels right to us to talk about what seems to be pretty much the same thing. So I also want to mention that because of, um, because Debbie has been working lately, she has this course um, that she's now giving away for free on her website, and it's called um, God's Way to Stress Less. And it is, I think you'll hear this understanding, again, said through the more religious language, and it's free. So if you're interested in this whole topic, if you're interested in, is this really the same when we're talking about it in religious language versus the kind of language I use? Uh if you want to see more about stressing less and you don't, you're not worried at all about the language, check it out. And I'll put the the link to it here in the show notes. So I, I think you're going to be so inspired by Debbie, uh, especially considering how, how, what she's been through this year and how much time she gives us and just how loving and grateful she is. Um, I'm so, so grateful for her, so grateful to know her. So enjoy this conversation with Debbie. 
Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Oh, Amy, thank you. It is such an honor and a privilege to be here. Thank you. I'm, um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And we have a few different things that, uh, that we've discussed that I came to mind for me when I thought, wow, Debbie would be a perfect guest. Um, some of them are some personal challenges and just insights I know you've had in your own life. But what I think might be really helpful to start off the conversation with is, um, is a little discussion of how this understanding, uh, you know, uh, the words are just words, but I call it the new paradigm or this understanding, the principles, whatever, it, whatever we want to call it, uh, how it, how it fits together with you, with uh, your faith. And, and I think with religion in general, because there just tends to be a lot of thinking around that, you know, the, the principles are not, not religious, although they're a hundred percent spiritual. Um, and I, I, I run into a lot of people that say like, wow, this sounds like what I hear in the Bible, you know, or other religious texts, but, but yet other things almost don't in a sort of shocking way. Um, so, and I know that you're, you know, very into your uh, religion and, and also the principles. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how you see them kind of fitting together. I would love to talk about that. And um, now I'm going to kind of step back to the beginning. I've always been a seeker ever since I was little and was raised in Reformed Judaism. And throughout even my childhood, I was so drawn to the mystics and poets and just people who saw a transcendent nature of life. So it led me down to study Buddhism, Sufism, Kabbalah, Christian mysticism, New Age, and was a seeker and kept seeking and kept seeking. And then through a random turn of events that weren't quite so random, had an encounter with Christ. And, and it was a moment I was so broken open. And, and I got to see that it was never about religion, but it was about relationship and a relationship with God. And my life radically changed at that point but I still had so much thinking, you know, and even though I had this intimate personal relationship with God, I could get myself so whirled up in worry and had a history of post-traumatic stress. And although I felt so much peace from the Christian faith and all the other roots that I had, it was that intimate personal relationship. And then one day a friend who I had mentored over the years had disappeared for a while and came back onto my radar and saw her on Facebook. And she was talking about if anybody's suffering, I found something that really can alleviate suffering. And I was so curious. So I called her and she started telling me about the principles. And I'm thinking, been there, done that. You know, I've been mm -hmm. through, <laughs> trained in NLP, CBT. I was a therapist. And it was like, if there was a modality, a healing modality, I did it. I knew it. I tried it myself. And I was listening with, this sounds like this. This sounds like scripture. This sounds like Torah. This sounds like Buddhism. This sounds like CBT. 
And then one day, all the thinking kind of just fell away. And there was the deepest sense of peace I had ever, ever felt. And it lasted. It wasn't, it wasn't like momentary. It lasted for a while. And I had the quietest mind I ever had without really doing anything. And I realized in that moment, sometimes the more you know, the less you know. <laughs> and it went from a knowledge, a head knowledge, where it dropped down into my heart and my soul. And it was this truth that was always there. That kind of was woven through everything. And I took a deep dive into the principles. And there were times that I would hear things that big red flags would go up for me. And there were certain teachers who would talk about, we are God. And it was like, wait a second. I have a piece of God within me, the Holy Spirit. There's no separation between God and I. But I have never created a Grand Canyon. I have never formed a baby. <laughs> I have never held the planets in place. I'm like, that's a God-sized job. And you know what? I don't want to be God. <laughs> I kind of like having a God that I can go to and get wisdom and feel comfort and feel love. But if I think I'm God, then I'm going to think I have the answers for every other person. And for me, that was codependent, which I did that quite well for a while. So I love not being God. So that was one part of the principles. And it wasn't really even the principles. It was personal beliefs of certain teachers. So I would pray and I'm like, am I still supposed to be in this community? Am I, you know, deviating from our relationship, the personal intimate relationship I have with Christ? And the guidance was so clear that I needed to learn how to more effectively use the gift of thought, not misunderstand and misuse this beautiful mind that I've been given, and that it would actually lead to a deeper, more intimate relationship with Christ rather than drawing me away. So kind of like in the rooms of Al-Anon, they would always say, take what you like and leave the rest. So there were things that did not resonate with me. Um, that was one. Another one was the, the understanding and some of the teachers in the principles community talk about non-duality and that there's no good or bad, there's no right or wrong. Well, from a faith-based perspective, there is duality. So again, it was like I had to tap into the Christ consciousness, the mind of Christ within me to show me what was true for me and not to just follow a teacher, but to gain my own insights and wisdom. But what I got to see was so utterly miraculous. And we're going to get into this a little bit later when you hear my personal story was so much of my life. I had this belief that I didn't have the capacity physically, emotionally, spiritually for 
the things that were being created through me. Um, I've wrestled with a lot of autoimmune issues over the years and would limit myself in what I could do because of that thought that I would be overwhelmed, it would be too much, I would get sick, a lot of thinking around it. And when I trained in the principles, I so got to see that this massive creative potential was like giving birth in me. And it wasn't by my strength, by my intellect, by my capacity. But when I surrendered, I would have like the supernatural strength in the moment to create things. So the first year after I did my facilitator training, I just, I was like bubbling over. There was just so much that I wanted to share with people and the intersection between faith and the principles. And it was at a really hard season in our family and in our lives. A lot of people had passed away. I physically wasn't well. My daughter in love was in ICU. And I'm like, but I'm just feeling this that I have to do it right now. And I would sit down and pray. And the guidance was so clear. Yes, do this. And I remember my videographer coming to the house. And I'm like, unless God shows up, nothing's happening today because I'm a mess. And he prayed. And for six hours, we filmed nonstop. And I felt such a supernatural strength come through me. And the minute the camera shut off, I was exhausted. I had no voice. And, you know, and it just showed me, wait a second. There's a power greater than myself that lives within me that pours through me, that it doesn't come from me, but it comes through me. And then I was able to create so much in that year. And again, I never had the capacity to do it, which like, I'm kind of tickled by this because I was not feeling very well this morning. And I'd shared with Amy that it might not be good unless God shows up. So again, just knowing that we will have what we need in the moment, regardless of what we're feeling physically, emotionally, or spiritually. Oh, I love that. So there's so much I want to, a um, couple of things to go back to, but one, the point you're just making is so huge because I hear so many people say, um, oh, I'd love to believe all this, but I don't have that kind of faith in myself, or I don't know if I love or trust myself. It all, it's all like, oh, this self-strength and self-faith and all of this. And it, I always think, well, it has nothing, I don't either. <laughs> like who does about themselves, you know, but that's the beauty. That's the beauty in this is that whether you call it God or mind or whatever word you want to use, this is about seeing that's like, as you said, something pours through us when we need it. It always has. We have so many examples. I know everyone does of times when we think, I can't do this. And yet, like your example, we do it. It's so true. And there's even a scripture that, you know, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You know, and then one other scripture comes to mind that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And sometimes the things that have been the biggest challenge for us are where God can use us the most to speak to other people. It's not from our our triumphs and our strength, 
but it's sometimes from those places where we feel we're not enough and we feel that we struggled because yeah. that's our humanity. So does it matter if, uh, does it matter if we call that God, like just in your opinion, as you see it now, does it matter if we call it God or if we, if we see it more as kind of our, our design or, you know, I mean, is God, is it just a word or, or is it not? I love that. And I had written about this and um, it's so funny because <laughs> I was on a call yesterday with some of the people I trained with and something came up around free will and personal and impersonal. And it was like, oh wait, I wrote something about that. So I, the way I see it, and everybody can see it in a completely different way. But the way I see it is there's an impersonal God and there's a personal God. An impersonal God is the God who holds the planets in place, gives us gravity, creates mountains, forms a human, beats our hearts, digests our food, gives us thought, gives us wisdom, common sense, totally impersonal God whether you believe it or not, mind, the universal mind, divine intelligence, the energy behind life, the universe, completely impersonal. But the way I see it, there's a relationship with God that becomes personal. Where you learn to trust that. For me, it's Christ. Where I can go and say, show me what my next right step is. Yeah. I'm hurting right now. I'm great. Please comfort me. And I feel that. My mind is whirling around right now, Lord. I place it in your hands. So it's no longer this magnitude, impersonal, it's very personal. And I and feel that comfort and I feel that peace. But whether you believe it or not, there is an energy behind life. There is a God that does all these things for everybody, whether they believe it or not. Yeah. Do you think that that personal bit that makes that relationship feel so intimate and strong um, do you think it's easier for people, especially when they've been raised with religion, um, to just imagine that as with like the symbols and things that we've been given, you know, to call it Lord, imagine it as a man in the sky, not that that's what we necessarily think it is. But, you know, it feels like to me, in a sense, the impersonal and the personal that you just mentioned they are the same thing, but it's almost like one is, like you said, so huge. And then another is like a, it's, it's that same energy, really, I, I think, but it's like, it's so tough for us as little individual humans to wrap our heads around and have a relationship with the bigness of it. So, so I guess what I'm asking in a really uh, inarticulate way is, um, is, it, is it our religious symbols and us calling it God or Christ or whatever, does that just help us to foster that relationship, you think? You know, it's such an interesting question. And I guess because I dabbled in so many faiths over the years, I got to see it. I never had that relationship. It was always the bigness of it. Yeah. But didn't feel the personal. 
until I accepted Christ. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, the same God who holds the planets in place holds me when I'm grieving. And it was just like, whoa. You know, it, it, was, it was almost more than the mind could wrap itself around, yeah. which is for me when I know it's truth. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where I did see the difference. And it's not about going to church and it's not about, you know, the dogma and following the rules. It wasn't like that for me at all. It was just that complete surrender that if you're real, I need you. And I can't do this alone. Yeah. When I hear uh, scripture now, now that I have this principles understanding, this might be too simple, um, but but I guess kind of the way I hear it often is um, like when it says man, I, I think of personal thought. And when it says God, I think of universal energy that spins the planets and creates everything. Wow. So from that, I mean, I can hear any scripture and be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Man, this, God, that. Well, yeah. And, and, but again, where that takes me, though, is back to we are God and we are man. We, we, have, we are and have all of that. But I'm curious, yeah, how you, how you hear that. Is yeah. it too simple to say that when no. they talk about man, that that's basically a personal thinking? I think that's, I think that's fascinating. It's a fascinating way to look at it. And, you know, it's, um, it's so interesting because we are all made in the image and likeness of God. You know, it's one of the first things in Torah, in the Bible. We are made in the image and likeness of God but we're not God, you know, so that I remember a friend used to say, if it's not paradoxical, it's not true. So that paradox of we have a piece of the divine living within us, but we've also been given free will. And, um, and many times that free will and trying to figure it out ourselves has gotten us into a whole lot of trouble, you know, and at the, we're all doing the best we can at the level of thought we have in the moment, but catastrophic things have taken place in some people's lives by the results of other people's thinking in the moment. Yeah. You know, and you look at things like the Holocaust. You look at things like uh, Rwanda and things like that, you know. And although everyone has a piece of God dwelling within them and has access to wisdom, I don't believe wisdom was used in those circumstances at all. Um, so, and I think too, if you listen to some principles teachers who worked in the prisons, totally fascinated by it, what I hear. And I think it was Jacqueline Hollows was saying that she was sharing this understanding with someone who was on death row, and she said to him, "If for like mass murders." And she said to him, did you ever hear a voice tell you not to pull the trigger? And he said, every time. And I didn't know to listen to it. So I think, you know, what you're saying, we do have a piece of God living within us. But that beautiful, for me, that beautiful surrender of, I am not God, but God can come through me, brings me a whole lot of peace. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Um, again, I, I hear, it feels to me like there's just this tiny little difference that doesn't really matter ultimately at all between kind of um, as a less uh, religious person kind of feeling like, yeah, we are, we are all of that. We are both of that. We are God and we have the ability to think, which, which I think is also what you're saying. Um, but, but maybe there's just a, yeah, it's just a slight sort of difference in it. Like, um, like God is still kind of something a little bit bigger or different or that we have a bit of access to, but that it's, uh, I don't know how to, do you hear that at all? I do. I yeah. do. And I, I think, you know, semantically language is hard to kind of wrap, to wrap it in. But the way I see it is we do have a piece of God within us that allows us access to this divine wisdom. But for me, the humility of knowing that I am not that. Yeah. <laughs> that there's something bigger than me running the show gives me so much more peace than thinking. And there were times in my walk in some of the new age things that I was delving into that I did think I was God. And I had so much more suffering in that than knowing that I had access to God at any moment. Yeah. So that humility and that surrender for me was the pathway to a deeper, more intimate relationship with God, if that makes sense. That's perfect. I think that, and that just, that just makes so much sense that um, first that it would feel that way, that that humility of like, oh no, it, it's, you know, I mean, this is wisdom right here, right? Is, is I'm just kind of conceptualizing it in my head, just like a fraction of a degree differently than you are, but we're both conceptualizing it in the way that has the most impact for us. And I love, like, that's really what we're here to talk about, right? And for everyone to hear, I think that's the message in this, is the conceptualization of it will be whatever just fits and feels right for you. Ultimately, what, what we're saying and seeing, no matter what the language is, it's like the essence is so the same thing. And I think the essence comes down to that relationship. You know, that yeah. relationship with God, with the divine creator, with the intelligence behind life, with wisdom, and then the relationship with ourselves, and then the relationship with others. But it's almost like a trickle-down effect that when that first relationship is and solidified but not in the I did it, now it's done. <laughs> but yeah. like any relationship of every day, that connection. And you know what? I think of it like my cell phone, okay? So my cell phone has a million apps on it. But if it's not plugged in and the battery's not charged, I have access to none of it. So it's the same thing for me that in that intimacy with God, with divine intelligence, I plug in every day. I get my recharge or my battery charge. Then I have access to 
immense possibilities that I wouldn't have had if I'm trying to just kind of do this on my own. Yeah. I love that. And I feel that as well. And I, I, um, I call that me that I'm connecting with, you know, which is just interesting, but, but it, but it works and it fits and it, um, yeah, I don't know. I love that. I love how like, you know, it really does sort of come full circle and that, that the differences that we can, it sounds like you would agree that we can kind of see they are, um, yeah, just a different way that the human part of us has to sort of hold it. It's not, well, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell me, tell me how you see it. But it kind of feels to me like, yes, any differences, and I think this is true across any religion, any, anything that feels essentially true and helpful is that when people argue over the differences, that's our thinking that's doing the arguing and that's seeing all of those differences. And if we really, really looked, we're all in the same thing. The, the one thing is true. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree with you on the arguing part. And then I would just, you know, invite your listeners, invite you. And this was an invitation I was given, and it was so poignant to just ask God, the energy behind life, divine essence, to show me that you're here in a way I'll understand. And boy, did that radically rock my world (laughs) (laughs) because I got to see things that I had never seen before. And, you know, like anything, the only way we embody it is when it's insightfully received, when we have an insight about it. Yeah. And... It's so interesting, and I'm sure you've seen this, that sometimes you'll have an insight that'll just bust open every belief system you've had before. (laughs) And it's like, wow, I never saw that, you know? And it's so cool that we we can be in this ever-expanding, growing of, you know what? I don't know, but show me. Just show me. Because I believe there's infinite possibilities that are beyond our our five senses, but they're there. Yeah. And just turning in that direction and asking to be shown, we see things we've never seen before. I I totally agree with you, and I think um, I think that's huge for probably a lot of people who maybe are, again, less religious, if you're more religious, you're used to praying and asking and receiving and all of that. And for people who aren't so much, that might feel a little foreign. That's something religious people do. They pray, you know, but, but I've, I've seen the power in that myself too, all the time. Like, just show me, just show me something. And And you think about it, like when you Google something, you're asking to be shown something you haven't seen before, Yeah, you know? And a thousand things will come up. But if you Google what's wrong with me, you're going to see a whole lot of what's wrong with me. But if you Google, you know what? Show me my next right step. Show me if you're real that you're there. Show me something I've never seen in this before. It's kind of like Googling, you know, and you're going to have access to files you wouldn't have had access to before. 
<laughs> so, so this is a great segue kind of into some of what you've seen when you've asked, when you've said, help <laughs> me, show me. <laughs> um, and I know you have some, you know, I'm a, way more than we have time to talk about, but just some incredible uh, experiences with surrendering, surrendering that personal you, you know, and letting God come through. So maybe just give us a little bit of a background of kind of what you've been through in the last year or so, and, and maybe just some of the highlights of what you've seen. Absolutely. So um, just because you have this intimate personal relationship, just because you understand three principles, doesn't mean you're not going to go through challenges. And um, I used to think there was a formula to avoid challenges, which is, I guess, why I was such a seeker trying to find that formula. And, um, you know, part of the human experience is there's challenge. There's challenges. And I was challenged in a way this year, like I've never been challenged before. And like many, 2020 has been a, a butt kicker of the year. And I certainly was not immune to that either. Um, Within this past year, I had six friends die, two from COVID, four from other things. And I had a surgery on my knee that they thought was just a simple operation to correct trauma and some damage that I had done. And when they got in there, there was a ton of autoimmune damage and necrotic tissue. And it was like, oh, this is not good. But I did great in the surgery. Thought you know what, going to be fine. And two weeks in, I went septic and got sicker than I have ever, ever been. And then they started running some tests and they found that I had this really rare infection that was similar to malaria. And they had no idea where I had picked it up because we don't live in a region where that's really common. And put me on a ton of antibiotics, ended up getting a, and this infection was a life-threatening infection, put me on a ton of antibiotics and I got another life-threatening infection from the antibiotics called C. diff. And then I got COVID. (laughs) So I've had three life-threatening infections at the same time. And really in all honesty was facing my mortality. So time after time in this process, number one, I went to that very intimate personal God of just, this is too much that I can bear. You know, and I need your comfort. I need guidance right now. I have no idea what to do. And one night after being really, really, really sick. This was before we had the COVID diagnosis. I prayed and the guidance was to go to a certain hospital that was not near my home. And I kind of wrote it off and we called the ambulance. The ambulance took me to the closest hospital. They gave me a steroid shot, sent me home. And two days later, was literally dying. I, I felt like I had no breath could not get air in my lungs and the guidance was go to the other hospital. Well, I didn't quite listen to that. And I went to my doctor who looked at me and said, you need to go to the hospital. 
the hospital I was guided to go to all along was the hospital that was two blocks from his office. (laughs) So went there, they diagnosed me with COVID and immediately put me in the hospital. And um, the interesting thing, the hospital was called Holy Cross. So all over the hospital are crucifixes. (laughs) And I'm like, oh God, thank you for showing me that you're here. (laughs) <laughs> because I needed a little, like, I call them God kisses. I needed a God kiss at that moment. And um, the nurses would come in and pray with me. And by God's grace, I got to leave. And I said to the nurses, I was leaving. How many patients get to leave? And she started to cry. And she said, not many. So I really felt incredibly blessed came home was in isolation for 14 days and while I'm pondering my mortality and um, thinking about my loved ones and putting things together for them video montages letters and kind of like reverse nesting of preparing you know if I'm not going to make it I got this huge nudge that I had created all this video product last year and never put out. And I'm like, all right, Lord, if you want me to put these out, you're going to have to take over because I'm exhausted. I have no strength. And one by one, teams of people surrounded me. (laughs) And within two months, I was able to, my gosh, put out two new Bible studies that got picked up by three mega churches without me doing much. We had put together, I have a, a team of people I work with on middle school curriculum for mental health. And in one text and one Zoom call, it was picked up by a public broadcasting station. And 5 million viewers will get to see these videos for a full year in between segments at all different time slots. I couldn't do that on my own. (laughs) You know, only God could do that. I had put together a little video montage many times when I would say, God, show me that you're here. I would see signs and wonders and clouds in the shape of the face of God and angel clouds and big sky rider crosses. So I took all of those and I made a little video montage when you need hope. And I've never had a video have more than 3,000 views. And 44,000 people watched this video. And again, I didn't do anything. You know, and it was like, oh my gosh. Then I had written 10 worship songs over the years. Music just kind of comes to my head in lyrics. And just sent them over to our worship leader at our church. Well, he loved them. And two weeks ago, him and the worship team performed one of my songs at church. Thousands of people were watching online. People had tears streaming down their face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I did nothing. I did nothing. I did this one little percent of the creative part, which I don't even think was me. I think it came through me. But then in my sickest of sick, Literally walking to the bathroom, I have to put on oxygen afterwards. My heart rate goes to 125 taking a shower. I have to have people seven days a week to do everything for me except feed myself 
dress myself and go to the bathroom myself. Other than that, I'm completely dependent right now. And yet I had more success in two months than I, and I had a really good, fulfilling, successful career. But what I saw was so beyond anything I could have done on my own. And then a week and a half ago, my book came out. (laughs) Again, my last book, it took nine and a half months from turning in my manuscript to print. This one took four and a half weeks. Wow. And I can only say thank you, God, because I didn't do that. You know, and even the book itself or my daily journal writings from my communion with God every morning. You know, so it wrote itself. It wrote itself. So what I want to share with your listeners is there is something so beautiful within you. And your head may tell you that you don't have the time. You don't have the gifting. You don't have the confidence. You don't know the right people. But in that full-out surrender, God can do for you what you can't do for yourself. And you don't have to have it all together. None of us do. None of us do. I was such a mess in this process physically. And I was a mess emotionally. I'm like, I'm dying. How can I, how can I possibly put out work right now? And then it was like, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it, but I'm so grateful that I just suited up and showed up and did that one little percent that I needed to do. And then all these other people who got blessed to do it with me, and I got blessed by them, you know, to be a part of these miracles. And I don't believe that a miracle is rare. I think miracles happen every moment. I think every time I see my grandbabies laugh, it's a miracle. Every time I wake up in the morning and I draw breath into my lungs, it's a miracle. Every time I see a sunset or a sunrise, it's a miracle. And a miracle is simply a change in perception. Just opening our eyes to see what's there. Yeah. I love that way of, thinking about miracles, you know, that it is, it's just us seeing what's already always been right there. It's, it's that personal thought, the little human us just moving out of the way. So we see God, we see the miracle and it's not something that just showed up. It's something that we just had the eyes to see. Yeah. Yeah. And what an amazing, I mean, just how all of that can happen. I feel like this so happened to you, Debbie, for a reason because, because you, you'll talk about it and you'll share and because that's who you are. No matter how sick you are, you'll do it and you'll help people. You'll help people with just you being who you are, you know, and your life is such, such an example for so many people. And, you know, not that you're more deserving than anyone else. Of course, any of this can happen and does happen through anyone. But it is so remarkable that, it's just such a beautiful illustration for, for, for those of us, for all of us, when we think it's on me, I have to do it. I can't do it. You know, that whole story to just see, oh my gosh, someone who was, couldn't do anything for herself, basically, look at all that came to pass just through you. Yeah. And I think too, and thank you. Thank you for that. 
But I think too, so much, and I'm sure some of your listeners have gone through this too, so much of my story was trying to find that formula that I wouldn't have to suffer rather than, all right, now what's the purpose of this? You know, I haven't figured out a way to not suffer. You know, I haven't figured out a way not to be challenged, but what's your purpose in this? And I see now that if one of my children really struggled when they were in their middle school years, if she wouldn't have struggled so much, would I have had the heart to create a program for middle schoolers? Probably not. You know, if I wouldn't have struggled so much, would I have sought God out in the way that I did? That actually became my purpose to share that with other people, how real it is. Yeah. You know, so when I look at the challenges as part of my purpose, the way I view them changes, the relationship I have with them changes. And what I really saw in this season was I was not my diagnoses. I was not the symptoms in my body. I was not the thoughts in my head or the feelings I was having. That there was something so deep within me that was untouched by these challenges. And that's the part, that's the space, that's the divine essence inside of me that's unchangeable in the middle of so much change. I, I love that because people say uh, sometimes, you know, well, I get that I have innate health or I get that I have access to God when however they might say it. But if my body is breaking down, if my mind is a racing mess, what good is it? And you just answered that question, you know, and I, it's like, well, Gosh, because that relationship, I think, that relationship that you have that's so intimate and true, it, it's so much deeper than anything we're thinking or feeling, anything that's happening in your body. And as that relationship grows, it feels to me like it just kind of comes to the surface more and more. And that's why it matters. You know, of course, we want our physical body to be healthy and our mind to be still. But when it isn't, it's okay because we know that's not us and not the full us. You said it so perfectly, so perfectly because, yeah, of course, in the middle of this, did I grieve? Yes. Do I still grieve? Yes. But when I don't look at it as something wrong, it passes. Joy comes back up. Peace comes back up. You know, and... I think that it's like that for everybody. Yeah. We just forget. I hope, uh, I hope when people listen to this, they just feel inspired to find something, any way, again, of thinking of it or feeling it, doesn't matter, but to, to reach for that relationship, however it looks or sounds or feels to you. You know, because that, that, I just feel that as you're grounding, like so deep, that's, that's just something that you'll never, ever lose no matter what's going on. And, and it's also just, you know, when you talk about seeing miracles everywhere and asking and, and saying, show me and seeing the signs and the God kisses everywhere, I think 
it's it's worth considering if for listeners if you haven't already that it's just a really nice comforting fun way to go through life sometimes you know sometimes it's like people get so caught up in the seriousness seriousness of well how is this one this religion true and that one not or how are the principles true or all of that and like do we really need to know the absolute answer to everything for me, it's become more and more of like, I don't even know what the heck's true, but I like living this way where I do see signs all over and I do see affirmations and, you know, and I just hear that in you too. Like, look at how that keeps you going when you need it. And just, it's a, it's a fun, exciting, comforting way to live. It definitely is because what I, what I see is those years of seeking and trying to figure it out and make sense of it. I was so up in my head and I was missing the essence of it. And now being comfortable with the mystery of, I don't know, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'll get the guidance I need when I need it, but I don't have to figure it out. And I think, you know, when I look at like eternity and heaven and what, I think when we get there, we're going to all crack up on how little we really did know. Yeah, me too. You know? <laughs> but how cool that, like you said, it can be fun and it can be lighthearted. And as we face so many serious, catastrophic things this year, I could honestly tell you that I am so blessed in so many ways and that we've had fun and we've had joy. And people look at me like, you have got to be kidding. And I'm like, no. You know what? Because it's there. And this is the situation I'm in right now, but there can still be joy. There can still be laughter. There can still be lightheartedness. And are there going to be tears? Yes. And are there going to be times of concern? Yes. Is there going to be disappointment? Yes. But there's joy. There's joy. And there's peace and there's wisdom and there's love, you know, and that's what undergirds us. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Debbie. I, I love you. I hope you, your physical body catches up with your spirit soon and everything <laughs> irons out. And I'm just so grateful for, for your sharing. I just think you, you just being yourself and sharing the way that you see things and live your life is so helpful to so many people. Amy, thank you. And I love you too. And what a, what a gift to share this today. And um, totally humbled and grateful, grateful for you all these years. How much wisdom, how many insights came by our conversations. And, um, you are doing such beautiful work in the world and it is just a gift to be in relationship with you. Thank you so much for listening to Changeable. If you enjoy this podcast, please let me know by subscribing or maybe even considering leaving a review. iTunes reviews are so valuable in helping other people who need change to find their way here. Talk to you next week.